Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is March 19th, 2019, so 1919. If it's your birthday today, I know a ton of people's birthdays today. Um, happy birthday. It's just one of those days. I remember when I was a kid, or I kid, I was married and already moved to California, but a kid by my standards today. Um, it was 8-8-88, And I can't remember what day of the week it was, but ton of people were reported to have gotten married on that day. So there's something about the numbers and the dates, and I don't know much about numerology and, and all of that, but it just sounds cool. So happy day. Enjoy today. It's Tuesday. We're still at the beginning of the week. But today we're doing part two, and when I wrote up the show, I didn't put part two. However, part two of the seeds of ego and how ego starts your thought process from better choices. And then I get all this feedback, like, why do you think this way, Nadia, from Chris Sedring? And I thought, what do you mean, why do I think this way? Is ego an earth, an energy of earth? Of course it is. So I don't know if you misunderstood what I said or what was going on, but the ego self is a lie. But the problem is with ego, before we get into these, long discussions about what the ego is, there is an energy, I don't care what you call it, that exists on earth that makes you not see what is really there. It's called perception. Perception is based on what you need to learn. So if we didn't have something, anything, to get in our way, we would not get to see what we need to learn. Hence the whole beauty of experience. Experience gives us the eyes to look back and go, can you believe I used to believe that? Or I really used to think that? And you're almost like where you're, you laugh or you make jokes about it or you say, God, I used to dress like this because I thought it was cool because we perceive that dressing like that or going out like that or thinking like that was cool. But I, I want to go bigger than argument of perception and deciding what ego is. Because what Christopher wrote is the ideal approach to working with ego is not to react to it like engaging in a conversation, but to, for, but to forgetting ego by observing what it is without judgment. Love is when ego self ceases to be. Yes, yes, and yes. But I got to tell you, I feel a lot of love. I feel I have self-love. I know, I mean... My perception could be wrong, but I do feel like I'm watching out for myself and I do better every day. I'm not like a pro. I don't know who is, but I'm calm 
about how I love myself, which helps me. I feel like I can handle what comes at me. I've been able to utilize the experiences I've had to learn from them. So those experiences become assets instead of, you know, things that are hurting me. So I kind of look at things like that, like, wow, that experience is an asset to my life. It it helps my life. But there are days I wake up and everything's fine. And then all of a sudden I get this weird thought and I'm like, where the heck did that come from? And I tell it to leave because I know it's not mine. It's not my bigger concern. My bigger concern is that it still tries to show up. So if it's showing up to me out of nowhere, I want to talk about it because if it's happening to me, Christ said it's happening to at least a million people. On the very least, whatever happens to one happens to a million. And I thought it's worth talking about because every day is not the same. The dynamics of how much we slept, how we ate, did we exercise, did we use our bodies, were we under a lot of stress, all of that changes in terms of balance every single day. We are not the same every day or we would not need to be here. So I can go through the whole massage of images and memories and what ego creates and nothing is as it seems nor as it is seen. But that's also true for ego. The whole thing is as it seems. We try to get to a place and we get there. That's called objective love. What, What Christ said, we will get to the other side of love. And the other side of love, when you talk about it, is not without a bunch of stuff. It's what it has in it. The other side of love in our lives is when we can say, hey, you know what? That isn't my thought. Get out of my head. You don't belong here. And we don't feel scared of it, bad about it, and we don't take it in and try to answer it. The minute we try to answer ego, we're going to go into it further and further. But ego when we die, for lack of a better term, when we go back home, all of that stays on earth. That's just here for us. It's part of our school, part of our lessons. So it's not that I'm having this conversation because we can just tell it to be quiet and go away or that it's in our memory and see it and it's attacking us or We're ahead of it and we can tell it to get out because we can see it all the time. Because not everybody is schooled that deeply about ego, but I can easily say to you, hey, you know what? When you have a thought you don't like, ask yourself why you had that thought. Or it's building up a story for you to go down that road only to leave you high and dry at the end of the day. Because that most people can understand. And what I'm trying to do is not nitpick on the out, out, what is it, the um, edges of a thought. I'm trying to talk about the thought itself because it exists and we face it. It may make us feel, oh, you're too tired to do this. Oh, you don't have time to start that. But you really want to. But when you listen to it and days go by, 
you say, why didn't I start that? And then once you start it, you're like, hey, that wasn't so bad. And, you know, all these little discoveries that we have along the way. But what's real and what isn't real, there's, I'm going to tell you now, when people say there's other universes and other realities, go travel to a jungle or another country. That's another reality right here, right now. It all already exists here. It's like when we're home and you visit different places and they're different. Here, the same thing. You go to Africa, it's a different culture. You go to Italy, it's a different culture. You go to the Amazon jungles and you see some of the indigenous people, whoever is left, and and you'll see, and I, I just saw this yesterday um, on National Geographic, because when I go to the gym, they have a TV on my little treadmill. And I watched this thing where they had these villages in the middle of the jungles long ago. And the anthropologists have been doing their work, and they remapped it and rewrote it out. And these people never went to school. They never had a math course. They never had a city planning course. They didn't need engineers. Yet, every city in that area was equal distance apart. The circles that they build walls around their area were perfect. The houses were exactly spaced, and they were trying to figure out what tools of measurement they used to do what they did. And they did it. They didn't have school. No one taught them one plus one equals two. But they still knew it. So we know, we know when we want to learn something, we can, we will, and we are going to find a way. And they were trying to figure out why they were so perfect. Like how did they exactly the same distance apart every single, I want to say hut slash home, but they were big huts and they had a lot of room in them and they were sturdy because it rains a lot there. And, you know, they thought of it all with or without the schooling that we have to do that without a planning committee, without paying someone for our plans and to come out and approve and do all this stuff. So in, in what we know and what we don't know, ego itself is part of the mix of what, can feel like it is our friend to do a show on the subtleties of how that comes in, what that looks like, why it looks like that. And yesterday was one of those shows where I was taking notes in my own show. I literally wrote, ego is not a destination. And that's one of the takeaways is it, when we listen to something that tries to tell, so you could do this, nobody will ever know. Yes, they will. Once you recognize it, it loses its power. Yes, it does. So let's recognize it. Let's make better choices. Those better choices may not include getting, in quotes, what you think you want today, but you will learn process and you will learn patience and you will feel good about that patience and about that process. Your soul, your soul is the smartest part of life. It's the one area of you 
that has every single thing you've ever done, place you've ever been. All that knowledge is there. So when you are approached with a decision, your soul is at attention, and it says with its gut feelings to you, and it tells you right away, this is not your best choice. And then your brain goes, oh, why isn't it? You can do it this way and no one will ever know, or you can do it that way and it's a shortcut person that can get it over with. And maybe what it's asking you to do is not tell them the truth. The soul part of you knows that isn't okay. The brain part of you doesn't. The brain part of you thinks that you can do it and get away with it. Whatever it is you want to do. Because I have people who come to me after they've cheated, after they've taken something that wasn't theirs, after they said something that really hurt someone and they want to repair it. And I see the despair on their face. So instead of talking to their brain, I directly speak to their soul. Actually happen. Because then I can see the picture that ego drew for them to let them think that that was okay. And never once did I ever get a picture that had a solution in it. So I wanted to talk about it. Because whether ego is from God or not, only or not, or wherever it is, I'm on step over here trying to talk about how to talk back to it, how to tell it that that's not your original thought, that's not actually your original you. Because once we do that, love, when, when Christopher says love is when ego self ceases to be, Love is the strongest energy we have. So anything less than love is obedient to love. So once that love is understood, ego has a really hard time getting in that I do every day. If it comes, it's out. If it comes, it's out. But now, let me tell you what happens after you can see it like that because it tries, it tries. And I have learned to recognize its voice. I know it's the too good to be true things or the too stupid to be true things. I just, when I hear somebody, and and it would have to be a family member at this point because these are things that I don't actually talk about with other people, just daily thoughts. And when I hear them listening to ego and going down that track, I physically react. Like I almost can't handle here, I just want to shut it down. But I've learned not to do that because I was curious to learn about it and to study the ego because it can get in your way. It can try to promise you things and leave you feeling frustrated and high and dry. And the only way we feel fruitful in our own lives is when we really pay attention to our gut feelings. 
And we all have them. It's not that we don't have gut feelings. We have them, and they're alive and well. And if anything, they're more prominent in this time than they ever, ever were. So to trust I'm in the right place, to trust that you're doing your best, and to tell yourself those things. Like, hey, we went through today without any of those weird mishaps or without any of those weird situations where I wasn't sure what to do. Hey, that, that felt pretty good. I, I can do that again. And then we start to build inroads back to ourselves. The negative things that we have done in the past took away from us and led us down yet another path and took a year or two to undo. We don't need to do anymore from the get-go. From the beginning, we're like, ah, I've been down there before. It's left me high and dry. There's nothing there to prove. I no longer feel like I need to prove anything to anyone. That's the awareness. Because as we grow and as we become people who want better lives, we do make better decisions. We do make better choices. And as we make better choices, we start to calm down. Anxiety that we have, anxiety in itself, is <laughs> defined as fear of the future. Why should we fear something we don't know yet? Nobody knows what today will bring you after we get off the show or tomorrow, or a year from now. We can't spend time in that future for too long, but we can use the future to guide us. We can use it to today or not. It's fun planning for things we know are coming, working towards, going through the process. That's, that makes you feel like, wow, I'm learning something. I'm thriving. You're going to school, and every day you learn more about the profession that you want. You go to learn to paint, and you think you could never paint, but you love mixing colors. And then someone teaches you how to define a tree or something like that, and you can't stop painting trees. And all of that kind of stuff starts to happen. That discovery. That's when we've said to ego, You've had your day with me. You may show up, but you'll be out sooner than you came in. And it's done. And that calmness, that present feeling of being here and now instead of in the past. I know there were shows in the very beginning and, <laughs> and until, you know, forever where sometimes something from my past might come up in my thoughts and I talk about it. And in the beginning, because we've been doing the show for five years, it was like really unnerving to me to talk about going to be personal. However, if I have it, everybody must have something. So if I talk about it, maybe others can. And before I know it, I'd get off the show and go, what if my family listens to this? That would be my ego. After that, I'd say, 
what if my family listens to this? Big difference in what if my family listens to this. Only to find out my family listens to this. I had no idea. People I went to high school with listened to this. And every single time I hear someone I actually know or knew in my life listening to the show, my ego would come in and go, you better make your show really good. And then I'd say, what? I don't even think about, I can't think about who listens when I do a show because it's my ego trying to tell me that whatever I'm already doing, good enough. I'll never measure up. But this is what my soul tells me. My soul tells me things like, wow, talk about this. Share this information. Let people know what it looks like. Let's have these discussions so we're not trapped within our own thoughts, so we don't loop in our own thoughts. Bring up things that make people feel stuck. Bring up things that, you know, become arguments between couples or even arguments between ourselves. Talk about and not the things that we say with our mouths. Because that way we all get to grow. That's my soul talking. And it's funny. Every time someone says, we're going to listen to your show, that feeling tries to come up, feeling number one. But now I just say, oh, I've been through that before. Feeling number two is where I'm at. Just the way it is. We learn. We grow. We cross over the line of taking away from ourselves. This is my best, whatever that means, today, okay with that. I can't try to figure out what I want to do every day. That will exhaust me. And I have, um, I had an anonymous contribution to today's show, and I'm going to read it to you. Great show today, wonderful. Here is an anonymous contribution to the show. I think I am on the wrong track in life. I feel stuck and I don't know what I really want. I am not giving up. Don't get me wrong. I am still digging for my gold mine until I find it. But right now, I have been digging for about 20 years and I forgot what the gold looks like, looks and feels like. Is that ego talking? Also, the dream theme of trying to shake someone, telling them to wake up to who they really are reoccurred. It was more fierce this time. I remember yelling, come on, look in the mirror. And today I looked and was pretty content with what I saw. But I know I want to keep growing and learning. Yet I keep asking God, please remind me why I, am, why I came here. And there is nothing I hear or feel to help me take the next step. I just keep going backwards, looking for ways to move forward. That's what it feels like. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There are good days and crazy days. In the end, it will all make sense. I feel something needs to change completely, but I feel blindfolded. Well, first of all, you are not blindfolded just by what you wrote. So don't believe that you can't see. You can see. Sometimes when you push a brick wall too hard, 
you don't realize that you can pull your hands off of that wall, take a couple of steps back around that wall and get to the other side of it. It's just hard to see because sometimes we think we want something and when you lose sight of what you want, you have to ask yourself, what was it that you wanted? What was it that you think you want? Well, I would start with reeling myself into the moment and say, what do I want out of today? Not what will it bring me tomorrow? What do I want to see happen in my life today? Because for you, for any of us to build a future or get what we want, we cannot force that hand in the sense that, well, this better happen or I don't know why I'm here. You're here to figure out pacing yourself. We forget that this is a long, long lifetime while we are here. And remember the thing we did about days, how many days do we have? How many days are in a year? The average person lives 75 years, let's say, and that gives us about 27,800 and something days. And how many days have you used so far? How many days do you have left? Do you want to enjoy what you have left? And how do you think you can enjoy your days? Because when you start to truly enjoy your days and not try to squeeze the life out of your days, you start to see what you really like to do naturally. You quiet down enough to see where your desires are going and why they're going there and how they're getting there. We start to pick up the energy that we want in our lives every day by by saying, okay, this is what I really feel like doing. Not like I'm going to do this and it's going to give me that. And then I'm going to do this and it's going to give me that. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to hit the gold mine. And then if the gold mine doesn't come, you start questioning yourself as to what the heck you are doing. And just like you said, I don't even know what it was I was looking for anymore. And then having dreams over and over again of telling people to come on. And you know that's you talking to you. But the wake up isn't something bigger or grander or a big movement in life. The wake up is you waking up to you and giving yourself space and time. Because we can't force who we are, who you are and why you came here is to figure out you're already okay being who you are. You don't have to come out with guns a-blazing and turn life upside down. That will happen once you've calmed down enough to discover that just calming down where you want to go. It's always when we think we're going to lose something that we lose something. Because we think that one thing that we're going to get is what's going to fix us. But what fixes us is how we get it, why we want it, what we are going to do with it. That's what we need to see. But to feel like we're putting ourselves on the map, it's, it's such an illusion of delusion, point where we don't even know what we're chasing. I knew when 
I first saw Christ maybe within a year or two, what I needed to do. I needed to have as much recorded things that I can have because there's people who don't read, people who listen better, maybe watch better as we're now filming videos. The second thing was I knew I wanted to sell at least a billion books because then it might reach the rest of the world. And third, I wanted to maintain the integrity of myself and of my heart and of my body and of my soul throughout this process. Those were the three things I asked because I wanted to reach as many people as I can. And in those three objectives, I could do it. Way to that. So when people ask me what I do, I don't, I don't say radio show host or, or author or this or that. I, I, I love people. That's what I do. I love people. So just narrowing it down helps us get off that track. You guys, our time is up already. I will see you tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.